Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. Kramer is on the other side of the glass wearing a Raiders hat this morning, I might add. How you feeling about those Raiders right now, Kramer? You know what? I'm feeling great. Even though all the, the recent <laughs> history of what's happened the past no, few no, weeks, no, 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 I actually feel pretty good. No, you don't. I'm a Raiders Did fan you guy. hear your quarterback trying to talk trash to the Cardinals on Hard Knocks earlier this week? I... I actually haven't watched Hard Knocks. I'm not caught You're up You're a Raiders yet. fan and you haven't been watching Hard Knocks? Well, okay, so from the, so uh-huh, from the move. Yeah, go ahead and try to rationalize this. the move this. I've had, plus I don't have HBO, so I, I, I thought they would put everything on YouTube. I, yeah, like, this just in. HBO, not about trying to give out free content on YouTube. Looks like I'm going to get a free trial here real soon. <laughs> I, I would imagine that should be the case. I will say this. If I were a Raiders fan, and I certainly am not, I wouldn't feel great about my quarterback right now. I wouldn't feel great about that. And oh, by the way, your best player, I think his name's Antonio Brown. He's like really not there yet. You know, I what? think he's practiced in a portion of one practice. Once we get to week one, then we'll be okay. By okay, you mean getting your ass whooped in week one of the NFL season? You know what? If we go 500 the entire season, I, that's a win for yeah, me. It should be a win <laughs> for you. If you go 500, it's been a miraculous season for the Oakland Raiders. There's no chance of that team going 500. That's a four-win team. They play the Broncos in week one. They are going to get smoked by that defense in week one. They play the Chiefs in week two. That's a 42 to 13 blitz coming at them. At the Vikings, at the Colts, Bears, at the Packers, at the Texans. Maybe by November you get your first win. I say this in all sincerity. They might not get a win until November. That team's bad, man. That's a bad football team. You know what? I'm more optimistic than you. Have you looked at this schedule? Oh, no, the schedule's terrible. Holy it's cow, bad. man. Yeah, you're you're lo- if you don't if the Raiders don't win week 1 against the Broncos, they're not going to get a victory until until November. That's not they're not going to. And then you look down even further, the Bengals maybe. You could get that one. I think the Raiders can get that one. Maybe at the Jets. I'm not a fan of the Jets on the road. That's going to be a tough one. Home against the Titans maybe. Home against the Jags maybe. I see five possible wins on this schedule. You have to go 5-0 and to have a successful season this year, and that's getting you to five. I can't get you to six. I can't do it. That team's bad, man, and it's going to be a rough season. You know what? I can't wait. <laughs> hey, I've been a Raiders fan all my life. You know what? I've only seen one winning season for me actually watching, watching. Is that true? Yes. Whew. So I'm okay. I'm fine with it. I'm stuck in the past. <laughs> all right, man. I wish you all the best. Thank you. I wish you all the best for your Raiders this season. I, I would just say, watch this week's episode. Watch your quarterback try to trash talk. I'm out. I'm out on Derek Carr. I was never in on Derek Carr, but as much as you can be out with still like having a foot in the pond, I my toes were dangling in the water. I'm all out. All out couldn't be more out after watching Hard Knocks. He, that is not a dude that gets you excited about playing football. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. He's Kramer. He's a Raiders fan. He is not excited about this season. I guess he kind of is, but he shouldn't be. Uh, let's talk about the defense because so far we've seen nothing from the Kansas City Chiefs defense, and I don't predict that that's going to change tonight. Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, Alex Okafor, those are probably the three biggest additions to the defense, we would say, this offseason. 
they have played a combined 20 snaps through two games of the preseason. Chris Jones has played just 10 snaps through two games in the preseason. Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson each have played 11 snaps through two games of the preseason. They have essentially played one long drive for the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs defense. That's it. All of them combined. Each of them has played, at most, a long drive. So we have gotten the defense through basically, like, cumulatively, half of a quarter of what a regular season game would typically look like. You'd typically see around 60-ish snaps for the opposing team, and most of these guys are less than 10. We've seen nothing. They're not running anything of interest in terms of, like, schematic things that we would like to see from Steve Spagnuolo in the regular season. The defense just hasn't shown us anything. I don't think that's going to change tonight. Tyron Matthew was unlikely to play tonight. I'm guessing they'll probably get the starters out quickly once again. Anything you see, good or bad, from the defense tonight, it's just hard for me to make any sort of judgments about how that will translate in the regular season because it's preseason. They're not showing anything. Neither are the 49ers. Most of the starters aren't playing tonight. It's just hard for me to take anything real from what this starting defense is doing. The one thing that I am interested in when it comes to the defense is what happens with this cornerback battle. And boy, oh boy, is it a battle, man. This is a battle royale for the number two cornerback job. Here's Steve Spagnuolo earlier this week talking about one of the contestants, Herb Miller. Yeah, you know, I go, I'm thinking about Herb back when he was here with just the rookies. And then, so we had a few days with them and the vets came in. Uh, and at that time, I didn't know all the faces. I remember I heard a loud voice in the back. It was like, he was kind of, you know, enthusiastic and assertive. And I look back and it was Herb. And where I'm trying to go with it is it wasn't too big for him right from the beginning. Like he, he didn't have any problems stepping up in there and doing his job. He, he's vocal. He's not afraid to make a mistake. Uh, I recognize that right away. He's got a long way to go, but I think he's done some good things. He's an aggressive football player, which we like. He's talking about Herb Miller. The Chiefs have a problem, man. I'm not breaking any news to you. We've talked about this time and time again. But this comes from Arrowhead Pride. One of the few storylines coming out of the Chiefs matchup with the Steelers last weekend was a sudden battle at one of the top cornerback positions. Even though Traverius Ward started the game opposite Bashad Breeland, the second series saw Herb Miller enter the game in that spot. Before then, Miller hadn't seen much time with the first team yet. He found himself out there with the likes of Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Anthony Hitchens. Miller and Ward continued to rotate through the through 10 second-team defensive snaps. Clearly, Spags wanted to get a good look at both players in similar situations. With Morris Claiborne serving a four-game suspension at the beginning of the year, either Miller or Ward will likely be the starter of the first quarter of the regular season. End quote. That comes from Arrowhead Pride. When we were talking all offseason and you guys got mad at me for bringing up the cornerback situation consistently, this is why we talked about it. Because going into week one, as excited as I am about watching Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Damian Williams, and I love what we're going to see from Darwin Thompson, as excited as I am about all of that, I couldn't be less excited about watching these cornerbacks right now. I think Kendall Fuller's looked better. He looks, I, I think Kendall Fuller was hurt at the beginning of training camp. I don't know that to be 100% positive. Spags made a brief reference to the fact that he had some tweaks. We don't know what any of that means. 
But I think Kendall Fuller was a little bit hurt. He was playing through it at the beginning of training camp. And so that's why he looked bad. He's looked fine of late. And so if that's the case, you feel pretty good about that. Bashad Breland, I think, has looked okay through a couple of preseason games and most of what I saw in training camp. So you feel okay about that. I ask this in all seriousness. Is it a good or a bad thing that Herb Miller might be your starting cornerback above Traverius Ward? I don't know the answer. I think I'm leaning towards awful. I'm leaning towards this is a terrible thing. And what it tells you is that Traverius Ward did not take the step that we all anticipated Traverius Ward taking this offseason. Because when we were talking about this, a lot of people would say to me, well, yeah, it, it, it looks like an issue now, but Traverius Ward's going to take a step. He's a young player. He's going to get better. He's going to progress just like most young players do. And Herb Miller now seemingly potentially taking Traverius Ward's spot indicates that he didn't take that step. Chiefs fans were anticipating that he would take a step that he very clearly did not take. And if that's the case, the Chiefs are still missing a corner for the first four games. That's a problem. Cornerbacks, I'm going to break this news to all of you. Very important in today's NFL. And so when you go into Jacksonville and Oakland and Baltimore and Detroit, it'd be nice to have a good corner. Now, the positive, if we're looking at this through the positive lens, and maybe this is what the Chiefs did internally, they decided, okay, Jacksonville, you've got Nick Foles and D.D. Westbrook as the top quarterback wide receiver combination. You can get by that week by not having a great cornerback. Oakland, who knows if Antonio Brown's going to play? I would imagine he's probably going to be back by then. But Derek Carr, I'm not too worried about it. I think they'll find a way to make it work against the Raiders. The Ravens, okay, Lamar Jackson, John, or not John Brown, uh, Marquise, Marquise Hollywood Brown. You feel pretty good about the fact that you might not have a great cornerback against them. And then you're going to the Lions, and they want to run the ball 150 times a game. So whatever, it is what it is. The first time where it really hurts you is once you get into October. You got the Colts, the Texans, the Packers in that month. Then you've got the Vikings. Now you need cornerbacks. Now you have to have them. Going into the Colts game, if you don't have a good cornerback, Andrew Luck's going to pick you apart from that perspective. That's when you get Mo Claiborne back. So maybe the Chiefs very simply looked at this as, we need three capable cornerbacks. They don't need to be great. They need to be capable. And given our schedule, we don't actually need those guys to be on the field playing together until week five whenever we take on Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. And if that's the case, I can understand the rationale. But if that's the case, I want to see Mo Claiborne play quite a bit tonight because he has not played in a preseason game yet. He cannot be around the team facilities the first four weeks of the season. If Mo Claiborne is not ready to go tonight in this preseason game, I don't think we're going to see him ready to go starting for your Chiefs in week five against the Colts. And if that's the case, well, now we're looking at Herb Miller or Traverius Ward going into Indiana or going up against Indianapolis in that game against Andrew Luck. That that can't happen. That's not a good situation to have. So at that point, let's say that they do have Mo Claiborne. He's back. He's ready to go. He's prepared to be your starter in week five, well, now you're just a few weeks away from the trade deadline. And if you need something reinforcement-wise after Mo Claiborne gets back, now you can make that move closer as we get closer to the trade deadline. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. We got Kramer, the Raiders fan, on the other side of the glass with us this morning. Coming up next, D Ford is back in town tonight. 
And I think his trade was symbolic of the start of the transformation of this defense, and it all has to do with the identity of the defense. We'll explain next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie Kramer on the other side of the glass. The Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line is 69306. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at BK Sports Talk. So coming up in about 10 minutes or so, we will get a preview of the AFC as I think we have officially arrived at a place where the only teams that feel really good in the AFC going into the season are the Chiefs and the Patriots. I think they're on a collision course. We'll talk about that with Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports coming up here in just about 10 minutes. But right now, I do think that the D Ford trade, and D Ford is going to be in Kansas City later today when the Chiefs play the 49ers at Arrowhead Stadium. I think the D Ford trade was the start of the overhaul of this defense. Now, that may sound obvious, but I think there's a specific reason as to why he was the start of the offseason overhaul. Here's what Peter King had to say in like March about why Andy Reid wanted to trade D Ford. You know, I talked to somebody in Kansas City close to the Chiefs before the uh, you know before the free agency period who said, "Look, Andy wants to trade D Ford, but as of right now, <clears throat> he's got no legitimate takers." In part because there's too many teams out there right now who think that paying a one-year kind of, uh, you know, star, because, you know, basically D. Ford had one really good year for the Chiefs. You know, they're worried about paying him franchise dough, Von Miller-type dough uh, for having one year and not being positive about the guy. So that was Peter King when the Chiefs were starting to make all these defensive changes. We all knew going into the offseason, it was not a surprise to anybody when the Chiefs started making changes defensively. We all knew they had to. That needed to happen over the course of the offseason. They had to completely overhaul this defense. It started with Spags. It went into D. Ford. It went into Justin Houston. Eric Berry got released. And then you add all the pieces that they've added since. I think the D. Ford trade was the start of the defensive identity overhaul. I think the Chiefs knew... We have a defense right now that is okay with getting run over. We have a defense right now that when it's third and inches, if they give up the first down, eh, it is what it is. We'll get another opportunity. I think they wanted to bring in guys that when it's third and inches, they're pissed off if they don't get that stop. And I think when you bring in a guy like Frank Clark, based on this quote that he gave to James Palmer, that's exactly his mentality. I feel like a whole lot of swag, a whole lot of game. Um, at the end of the day, I feel like you got to have that. You got to have that. It's 2019. It's a different era of football. Um, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of throwing, a lot of, you know, a lot of um, smack talk going on. But I feel like you just got to have a whole lot of swag, a different swag, a different mentality. And you got to let your nuts hang a little bit, honestly. Um, I feel like this is a sport where you can't be uptight, you can't be scared, and you can't be in fear. You think that guy's going to be happy with giving up three third and longs to the Patriots in the, in, in the playoffs? I don't think so. I think he's got a few things to say to his teammates if that were to happen. And you know what? Having that type of a guy on your defense over the course of the regular season changes the way that they are able to do that in the postseason. Having a guy like Tyron Matthew, who has a similar style of mindset and said this on Undisputed, it's not going to go down the same way. I think the Chiefs are coming. You know, um, I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, and how he plays, just, just spending the offseason in Kansas City, 
they got a young group. Like I said, I'm one of the oldest players on the team, which is which is crazy. <laughs> so um, uh, I think I think we're right where we need to be at. And um, I think anytime you have a great quarterback, it makes things a lot easier for everybody in the organization. So you think you can win the AFC Championship game at Foxborough? I, I, I do, without okay. a doubt. All yeah, right. without a doubt. Okay, yeah. here we go. Those two guys being the new leaders of your defense, those two guys now being the heart and soul of your defense, it changes the identity of what your defense is. There is no way that any of us can compare this defense to what they were a year ago. There's just no way. And it has to change. None of this is surprising to you, but it has to change. Last year, I thought this was crazy. Last year, Patrick Mahomes went eight and four as a starter when the Chiefs allowed 21 or more points. Eight and four. Or excuse me, eight and five. As a starter since he's been with Kansas City, he has started now, what is it, two playoff games, 16 games last year, plus the one regular season game the year before. So 19 total games. The Chiefs defense has allowed at least 21 points in 14 of those 19 starts. That's crazy. You want to know how crazy it is? The average NFL starter since 2000 has won 25% of their games when, the de- when their defense allows at least 21 points. 25%. One out of every four games. That's a 4-12 and 12 season is what you should expect when your defense allows at least 21 points. Here's a few of the best quarterbacks of this generation and what they've done when their defense allows at least 21 points. Tom Brady wins 55% of his games. Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck, right around 40% of their games that they win when their defense allows at least 21 points. Breeze, 36%. Rivers, 35%. Roethlisberger, 35%. Russell Wilson, 32%. These guys are all under 500 when their defense allows at least 21 points. Peyton, Rodgers, Luck, Breeze, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Wilson. I'm reading off names of Hall of Fame-level quarterbacks And they're not good when their defense allows 21 or more points. It's really hard to win the way that the Chiefs did a year ago. It's really hard to do. And so something had to change. The defensive identity could not stay the way that it was. Bringing in a guy like Frank Clark, the, the reason you do it is because of a stat like this. It's because Peyton Rogers, Luck, Rivers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Wilson, they can't win at a high clip when their defense is allowing this many points this consistently. Frank Clark, he'll put a stop to it. Tyron Matthew, he's going to put a stop to it. Alex Okafor, he's going to help you get pressure on the quarterback as a consistent player off of the edge. Bashad Breeland, he's going to make it harder on opposing quarterbacks than Steve Nelson did a year ago. Bringing in these guys is going to change the mindset of the defense as much as it's going to change what we actually see when they get onto the football field. And the biggest thing, the single biggest thing that had to change for the defense from last year to this year, it was the mindset. It was really that simple. Speaking of mindset, I think there is something in the NFL that's about to change. The preseason this summer has become more obsolete than ever before. And when they sit down to do these new CBA talks, they're going to have to address this. There's no way they're going to leave the preseason at four games. The question is, is it reduced to two? Is it reduced to one? Is it reduced to none, like in college, where there's no preseason at all? We've officially arrived at a place where the preseason has to cease to exist. It has to. There's no way we can continue with this. It's just, it's got to go, man. Earlier this week, there were two NFL games. There was, there was six games on Thursday night, six preseason games. 
One of them was played in Canada where the field had a hole in it. And so they played an 80-yard football game with none of the starters on the field because the teams were like, you know what, we're not going to do this. We're not putting our starters that actually matter on this field. So you know what? 35 of the Green Bay Packers not playing, not suiting up, not going to play in this game. They decided they were going to go with the other 45 guys. Imagine if you're one of those guys. Imagine if you're one of the Packers where you're like, yeah, the other 35 players that matter, they're not suiting up for this game, but you're going to have to. Yeah, that could create some issues. That could create some tension within the locker room, I would imagine. Another game that was played on Thursday night was canceled early because of weather. They're like, you know what? Screw it. We don't need the last quarter. It's just not necessary. There was like 12 minutes left in the game. Eh, we're done. We're not going to play this anymore. The preseason has to go. They, all of these new coaches hate it. We heard last week from Kyle Shanahan, who said he doesn't want to play this anymore. We've heard from um, vocally from a guy like Sean McVay, who doesn't want to do this anymore. Frank Mike or Frank Reich changed his mind earlier this week. Typically, he wanted to play his starters in week three. He got to week three. Eh, we're done. We're not playing our starters anymore. We don't want to do this anymore. The Chicago Bears haven't played their starters all preseason. A guy who always plays in the preseason, Tom Brady, didn't play the first two weeks of the preseason this year, barely played in week three of the preseason. None of these teams are taking it seriously anymore. None of them. One of the guys who is, is Andy Reid. And I disagree with his philosophy on this. Sam Mellinger wrote about this earlier earlier this week in the Kansas City Star, and he said, in six years under Andy Reid, the Chiefs have averaged 27 points per game in their first four games of the season. Only the Broncos and Falcons have been more prolific, and only the Broncos have won more in the season's first quarter since Andy Reid got to Kansas City, end quote. This is one of those situations. It's very similar to the establish the run mentality in the NFL. The Chiefs are not good in the first four games of the season because of the way that Andy Reid approaches the preseason. The Chiefs are good in the first four games of the season because they have Andy Reid. Those two things, it's correlation versus causation. Andy Reid is the coach of the Chiefs. They're going to be good no matter how they approach the, the, the preseason in the first four games of the year because Andy Reid's good at this. Andy Reid's going to be good at this regardless of if he plays his starters in the preseason. That's going to be the case. Andy Reid's defense right now, the starters are averaging like 10 snaps per game. The offense, his quarterback, is playing like one drive per game. That's not changing the way that they're going to come out in week one. I promise you. If the Chiefs are good, and I expect them to be good, in week one of the regular season, it's because Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid are really good at their jobs. It's not because they played 35 snaps in the preseason. It's not. That's not what's going to make it work. So if the Chiefs score 45 points in the regular season, it's not a win for playing your starters in the preseason. It's a win for having Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid as part of your football team. That's what makes it work. In the past, when they've been really good in week one, it's because Andy Reid shows up and he's got a scheme that nobody's ever seen before. Last year going into the Chargers game, nobody knew how to stop it. You could see that the Chargers were just looking around the field and they were like, what the hell is going on right now? We just got hit with a brick wall and we don't know what to do. That's not because the Chiefs played the preseason. It's because the Chiefs were really good. It's because Patrick Mahomes is awesome. It's because Andy Reid's one of the best offensive minds of the 21st century. The preseason's going away. Matt Nagy, Frank Reich, guy like Sean McVay, they're going to make it go away. It's going to happen. It's a matter of when, not if. And I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready for it. I saw earlier this week, 
Cam Newton went down with an injury. It sounds like he's going to be all right, but I'm done with it. I don't need to see these meaningless games where players get hurt and then we get into the regular season and they're not playing when we actually want to watch them play. Nobody cares about the preseason anymore. It's changed. It's it's a, it's a new age in the NFL where these camps are not the same. These games are not the same in the preseason. Just have more scrimmages against other teams. Do more stuff in training camp. Whatever you got to do to be able to cover it. But one, maybe two games in the preseason. That's all we need now. We don't need these four weeks of preseason football. Coming up here in just about 15 minutes, I want to get into how the Chiefs and the Patriots feel like they're in a collision course to meeting one another in the AFC Championship game. We'll get into that coming up in just about 15 minutes. But coming up next, Frank Schwab wrote the preview about the Chiefs offense for Yahoo Sports. I want to ask him what he anticipates and if he sees regression coming. That's next. Frank Schwab joining us here on The Leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The Leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie Kramer on the other side of the glass. The protein I'll see with a purpose text line 69306. You can hit me up on Twitter as well. I'm at BK Sports Talk. That's the best place to get me after the show. A lot to get into. Just 10 minutes to do it. Coming up at noon, Nick Price and Dusty Likens with Out of Bounds. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it is overtime with Jillian, Jillian Carroll and Chris Uno Cerro. So that's coming up throughout the rest of the morning. We are officially back to live and local programming this week. Apologize for being off last week. All right. So a few things that I want to get to. First thing that I want to get to is something on the preseason game. We'll go through these quickly before we get out of here this morning. Got this text from the 816. I My stance is... I think the preseason is not something that we should take as seriously as Andy Reid does. I think Andy Reid's a tremendous coach. I think Andy Reid is the best offensive mind of the 21st century. I think the fact that the Chiefs are good in the first four games of the regular season is not because he takes the preseason seriously. It is instead because Andy Reid's a really good coach, and so he's going to have his team play well in the first few weeks of the season, regardless of how seriously he takes his preseason. So... This is from the 816. What a confusing statement. Andy Reid believes his team needs the preseason per you. Andy Reid's a fantastic coach per you. Andy Reid's teams are fantastic in the first quarter of the season. If Andy believes that the team needs the preseason, you believe the only reason his team is good in the first quarter is because Andy Reid has a fantastic scheme and is a great coach. If he's a good coach and he believes that the preseason helps get his team ready for the first quarter, how do you justify your dual statement? Either you believe he knows what he's doing or you do not, not both. I would say that the young coaches are reluctant to play their starters in the preseason because they're worried about losing their job. No preseason with 18 games and all the same players hurt in the first game. There is no difference. So here's what I would say. First of all, there is a big difference between losing a player in the first game of the regular season versus losing the player in the preseason. The preseason doesn't count. These games... It, the other night, the Lions lost their center and their starting mid, middle linebacker. They did that for no reason. There was no upside. They lost the players in a game that doesn't count in the standings. If you lose a player in the third week of the year, the upside of playing that player in the third week of the season is you get a W. That counts towards the playoff record. That counts towards potentially hosting home field advantage. That counts towards potentially going to the Super Bowl. All of that stuff matters winning a preseason game counts for nothing there is no upside playing a player in the preseason 
basically, you're hoping what you're accomplishing is that they will be more prepared for the regular season. But then we look at the Rams, we look at the Bears, we look at the Colts, we look at the Patriots this year. None of them are playing their players. If all of them stink in the first week of the regular season, maybe there's some correlation there. Maybe there's some causation there. Maybe then we can come to the conclusion of, okay, you need to play your starters in the preseason. But that's not happening. It didn't happen last year for the Rams. It hasn't happened for the Colts, I don't believe. It's not going to happen for the Patriots. These teams that aren't playing their starters are going to be good teams. It's why they're not playing their starters in the preseason. Second thing that I wanted to get to. Frank Schwab said, and if you missed the interview, you could check it out on the podcast page, 610sports.com. Frank Schwab joined us from Yahoo Sports. He said he would not, or he would potentially consider trading Tyreek Hill for a really good defensive player, such as the likes of Jadeveon Clowney from the Houston Texans. He's playing this year on the franchise tag. I would not. I would not trade Tyreek Hill for any defensive player in the NFL right now. Here's why. The Chiefs are a historic offense. A historic offense. One of the best ever. Have the potential this year. The potential. I'm not saying they will. I don't think this is necessarily going to happen. But they have the potential this year to be the best offense in the history of the NFL. What that allows you is it allows you to have a defense that's 22nd in the league and still be the best team in the NFL. If you trade Tyreek Hill... The upside of your offense is now merely great. The upside of your offense is now merely to be probably the best in the league, not to be the one of the best in the history of the NFL. Your upside offensively changes dramatically without Tyreek Hill. It can still be really good because Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are still really good because Andy Reid is still the best offensive mind in the NFL. It's still going to be a good offense. It's not going to be historically great. And when that happens now, whoever that defensive player is you're trading for, whether it be Aaron Donald or Jadeveon Clowney or Jalen Ramsey, whoever the player is that you want to bring up, that guy's not going to make you from the 32nd best defense in the NFL to the 10th best defense in the NFL. And that's the ground you'd have to make up if you're going to make a deal like that. So it's crazy to me that we've arrived at a place that people are talking about this, but Clowney, Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and most of these are outlandish. They're not going to happen no matter what. I wouldn't make the trade. Tyreek Hill is uniquely important to this team because of the way that the team is constructed. Final point I wanted to make. Chiefs and Patriots, they're on a collision course at this point. It's going to be Chiefs and Patriots in the AFC Championship game this year. You can mark it down. Barring some sort of crazy injury, every other team in the AFC has some sort of significant problem standing in their way. The the Browns, in my opinion, just aren't ready. It's combustible. I don't think that's a team that's ready. The Colts are without their quarterback right now. The Texans have no idea what they're doing with Jadeveon Clowney. The Chargers just lost their best defensive player, in my opinion, and Melvin Gordon still hasn't reported to camp. The two best teams in the league were clear last year. It's clear once again this year. It's the Chiefs and the Patriots. Those are the two best teams in the league this year. Chiefs ain't trading Tyreek Hill. It's absurd. I'm sure out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. They're going to be talking about this coming up at noon, coming up at 3 o'clock. It is overtime. For Kramer, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's the leadoff. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.